Ace Podcast. Nobody rats on Little Caesar. See? There it is. Experimental robot 23. He's really something, Professor. I want you to look everywhere for a girl named Janet Corning. Janet Corning. Five feet, five inches, uh, brown hair. Brown eyes and the cutest little dimples you ever saw. Brown eyes and the cutest little... I mean, she has prominent dimples. This is Wisecrack's Radio Hour. Join us as we follow quantum scientists Chuck and Wagner through their adventures as they try to get back home to the year 2017 and listen in as they riff on classic radio. getting cold out there sure is you know i love autumn but i'm gonna have to get a thicker coat soon it's cold as it's getting they say it may snow next week nice how's the iphone charging slow like slower than ever it's been plugged in for a week now and it's just reached 10 percent. think we need to make another charger maybe we can try hooking something up to a car battery instead of plugging it into a socket maybe i'll see what i can work out because you got to have those pictures if we're going to try different combinations Okay, yeah, let's, let's try that. But you know what I watched on TV last night? Jack Benny. I'd forgotten how funny he was. Oh, yeah, he was great. I was watching Candid Camera over the weekend. Since we've been here, I've seen classic Milton Berle, Danny Thomas, Steve Allen. I know. We've only got three channels here, and they're only on part of the time. You know, they're not 24 hours a day, but the shows are so much better than what we have back home. Pure, fun, clean, just good entertainment. Oh, come on now. You know you miss American Idol. <laughs> Not even a little. Here, put this on the real reel. It's another quiet, please. Okay, it's still not American Idol. Thank goodness. Quiet, please. I was being quiet. Quiet, please. I was being quiet. They must think we're recording this in a library or something. If so, I wish somebody would shut them. The American Broadcasting Company presents Quiet, Please, which is written and directed by Willis Cooper and which features Ernest Chappell. Hey, my wife and I were married at the Ernest Chappell. Today is called Northern Lights. This is a story about the temporal displacement of mass. It is also a story about teleportation. Do you know what those terms mean? Yes, we do. I didn't think you did, but you stay right where you are, my Um, charming friend, and you're quite likely to find out. You just stay right there and listen. I'll tell you everything you want to know. He's going to school us. And maybe, maybe a couple of things you're not terribly anxious to know. Ever see the Northern Lights? 
Aurora Borealis is their right name. What's their left name? You don't see them very often below the 50th parallel of latitude in this country. Just use Google Maps to look up that one. Upper New York, places like that. They're quite common of a winter night. If you've seen them, you know what they look like. If you haven't, there's no use by trying to describe them. Yeah, but I bet he's going to. fill a whole northern sky with waves of color. Yep. Like a fire burning way beyond the horizon. Sometimes they're just long streamers of fire filling up the whole sky. And another time they look like gigantic, fringed curtains of pure light, swaying as if some cold cosmic breeze plucked at them, way far off there to the north. Beauty, eh? And you can hear them, too, sometimes. Hear them? Well, maybe not exactly hear them. Oh. But, but there's a sound, a humming, a, that crackling somewhere inside your head. Yeah, thanks for clearing that up for us, Copernicus. Where it's a voice talking to you. Talking in some kind of strange language you can almost understand. Filling your whole being with a kind of desperate, inescapable terror. You know what I mean? No, not at all. It's like watching the view. At night, in the cold night, voices talking and saying things to you that you can almost understand... Filling the night sky with signs and portents of inescapable terror. Okay, he said inescapable terror twice now. Nobody in the whole Fire the world knows what they are. Nobody in this world, at least. Except me. And after I get done talking to you, you'll know too. And you won't be happy. I'm already not happy. Let's just skip to the end. Yes, please. Let me show you something now. This is from a recording I made on... Uh, Let's see, December 13th, 1948, a little more than a month and a half ago. Who gave him studio time? I started the recorder while Norman and I were just about finished with our work that afternoon here in the laboratory. I just set the microphone on top of the file cabinet there and turned on the machine. Listen, I'm going to play it back for you. The quality isn't so very good, but you can recognize my Well, you probably should have used Memorex. I think. That's an issue. Here. Uh, I got the call. We won now, I guess. Did you test it? How can I test it when I say I just got to rewind? Hurry up. It's almost 6 o'clock. Time for the bachelor. It's dark, but I didn't realize the time. Hurry up. I'm hurrying. Rude. Um, Be a display tonight, you suppose? How do I know? Been a display the last three nights. Well, that was a dinger last night, wasn't it? A dinger? Yeah, the machine wasn't ready. Hey, listen, now, do you think you can do better than I can? Ouch! What's the matter? Oh, I stuck my finger. And what? Where'd you put the copper sulfate? Um, oh, up above the sink. With the copper pipes. Uh, uh, I got it. Light a match. What are you doing? <laughs> Testing the coil. How's it? Tastes like pennies. Hey, wait a minute. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I'll be right with you. Uh, hook it up. What are you going to send? He's trying my cigarette lighter. That won't work anyway. I won't miss it if we don't get it back. I don't know That's how the thing will work when the northern lights aren't shining. Well, maybe they are shining. Turn off the room lights. Let's see. They got northern lights in a room? <laughs> how far north are they? Hmm. What's the matter? Hey, look. Ooh. Out early tonight. Oh, boy, that's fine. The whole sky. Look. Blue and yellow. I, I never saw those long fringes. Before. Oh, those are the lunatic fringes. More like lunar tick fringes. Yeah, yeah, it's turning over. Let's see. 
Now is the time for all good men to come to the aid of their party. Leave it alone. Party time. Uh, you about ready now? What's well, funny about the Aurora? Northern Lights? Listen to this well, part closely, friend. Oh, I don't know. Remember what I told you. You, you can almost hear the darn things. Uh, not hear them, I mean. But it's, uh, it's kind of like somebody talking to you in a language you can, you can almost understand. I don't know. I mean, you ever notice it? Sure. High frequencies, I guess. Someone's high. <laughs> Awful lot we don't understand. Look, uh, you go over there at the recorder and talk into the mic. Who's Mike? Describe what happens for the record. I know it now, sir. Yeah, I'll say. Just say what you see so we'll have an accurate record. Okay. Now? Nah, tomorrow. <clears throat> this is an experiment in the temporal displacement of a solid object. Uh, in other words, the first actual demonstration of a time machine, if it works. It'll work all right. Wait, earlier he said it wouldn't. Paul is now placing his old beat-up cigarette lighter on the stage of the hyper-cucambulator. The what? And it's for her overactive cucumbers. To determine how far into the future he's going to send the lighter. Well, how far, Paul? A mile, mile and a half. Ten seconds. Ten seconds. Uh, at, at the end of that time, if our calculations are correct, and we hope they are, the cigarette lighter will reappear. In that period of time, it will have been into the future. Yes, a cigarette uh, lighter is perfect for measuring time. time. If we wanted to, I guess, but we'd just have to wait that much longer for time to catch up with it and make it reappear. But ten seconds, well, I mean, uh, we can prove our point by saying it's ten seconds into the future, just as well as ten years ahead, and this way we don't have to wait so long. Hey, how am I doing, Paul? I go into your commercial. When Paul presses a little button, <laughs> the cigarette lighter will turn to nothing. What just happened? <laughs> Don't quit your day job. Now, listen closely, please. Yeah. Well, now, What's uh, going to happen? Mr. Paul McGilligot, a famous mad scientist, is about to press the big old button and send his lighter into the future. You ready, Paul? Here we go. Let me light it first. Yeah, bye. By golly, it is gone. It's just disappeared. Bang, like that. I didn't hear a bang. Close to the mic, Paul. It's over Yeah. Um, the, 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 there isn't a sign of the lighter. Uh, the little stage on which Paul placed it is empty, and it should uh, appear again in, in just a second if it really did work. Three, two, one. It's Lift back. off. Hey, it's back, Norm. It works. We made it. Oh, man, let's see if it's all right. Oh, oh. now what? Oh, the lighter. Oh, it's cold, Paul. Oh, like the DeLorean we tried first? Hey, it was freezing cold. What do you know? The darn thing's like a piece of ice. Now, where the dickens do you suppose it's been in that tent? Somewhere very cold, I'm guessing. Not the payoff yet. Listen. Hey, Paul, look. Where did that come from? What? There on the stage where the lighter was. Where'd that come from? In the middle of winter. Wearing a tiny little toboggan. Uh, you mean stocking cap, Southern boy. It wasn't there. I'll, I'll tell you where it came from, Paul. What? It came from the same place where the cigarette lighter went. North Pole! Santa! What are you talking about? Well, feel it, Paul. Feel it fur. See? It's as cold as ice, too. Cold as ice. A caterpillar. It's willing to A little brown and black caterpillar. The kind they call woolly bears. You know, larva of the tiger moth, the Isaiah Isabella. 
in the dead of winter and as cold as ice. Where did it come from? Huh? You want to know. Incidentally, you know, the old-timers say that the woolly bear caterpillar is a weather prophet. If the brown bands on his fur are narrow, there's a severe winter ahead. If they're wide, it's going to be a mild winter. And if they're wearing little toboggans, you better batten down the hatches. This one, Give me your stocking, You could hardly see the brown bands. Tough weather ahead, that's what the old-timers would say. But where'd she come from? She wasn't there when we put the cigarette lighter on the stage. When time caught up again, there she was. She? Sure, Isabella. I see her, Isabella. I told you, remember? Well, she was wiggling happily when she arrived from somewhere in the future. But as she warmed up, she seemed to go into a trance, almost a, a death-like trance. It was the trippy music that caused it. Put her in the deep freeze. Maybe she'll come to again in the cold. So we put her in the deep freeze. Next to the fudge sickles. And in half an hour, when we looked in at her, she was wiggling happily. And she had these itty-bitty maracas. below zero, Fred. Can you tie that? Tie to what? My goodness, she should have been frozen solid. Well, nothing special happened for a couple of days. That, you remember, was a month and a half ago, December 13th, 1948. Where were you on the night of December 18th? Who wants to know? Saturday night, a week before Christmas. I'd been... Christmas shopping in the afternoon, I remember. I came back to the laboratory to check up on some stuff. And Norman was there, fiddling with things. Like his banjo. Hi, Norm, I said. How's Isabella? You know something funny, Paul? Yeah, sure, I know some jokes. What's the matter with you? Who, me? You look so pale. You sick? Eat something disagreed with you? Just Taco Bell. Paul, Isabella's singing. Singing what? Uh, Isabella's singing? You're dotty. You got dots all over you. Not tap dancing, I hope. I'm not kidding. I had to sit through 29 verses of Gangnam Style. Listen, you've been at the C2H 50H. I had ethanol drink since Thursday night. Boy, he must be thirsty. Deep freeze and listen. No kidding. No kidding. Well, we we don't know where she came from. I won't be surprised at anything. Hello, Isabella. Hey, don't do that. Whoop on Gangnam Style. Matter of fact, she'll have to be back. Well, I don't know what. <laughs> Hello, Isabella. <laughs> I hear you singing. I told you. I don't hear anything. Only dogs can hear. Oh, listen, Paul. I haven't lost my buttons. They're right here on my shirt. Hey, well, they were. I couldn't figure out what was doing it, and then I noticed it was louder alongside the deep freeze here. So I opened it up and stuck my head inside, and it was coming from her. Yeah. What does it sound like, Norm? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like... A-E-I? Didn't she say A-E-I-O-U and sometimes W-Y? I don't rhythm. I heard it. <laughs> I think you better take a Christmas vacation. Yeah, don't forget Cousin Eddie. Oh, kid, I know, but listen. We've been playing around with some pretty deep cosmic secrets, you and me. We yeah, L. Ron Hubbard type stuff. Which nobody in the world has ever done, see? Maybe we both need a rest. You know what I think, Paul? What? I think we've managed teleportation, too. And we don't know it. Teleportation? You mean like Charles Ford talks about? I mean transporting tangible objects from one place to another without any mechanical means. Electronically. Like Brundlefly. All I know is that that cigarette lighter was someplace where it was awful cold. And it wasn't cold here in this room. Well. And where did that caterpillar come from? I don't know what. 
It came from wherever that cigarette lighter went. Haven't we already been where? through all this? I don't know. Somewhere. And you know what? I'm going to find out where it came from. You are. And how, may I ask you? I'm going to ask the caterpillar. Of ours, this hypercucambulator, so it'll carry a man. And then... <laughs> got to get one of those. I'm going to sit down in it and have you send me out there somewhere in time and space... And come back and tell you all about it. That's all for tonight, bud. What? Come on, I'll take you out and buy you a drink. I know how thirsty you must be. Okay, okay, <laughs> you're not fooling, Norm. Get your hat and coat and come on. <laughs> I prescribe hot-buttered rum. What kind of doctor is he? Will you listen to me for Turn a off the lights. I want hot-buttered rum. Okay, okay. Or maybe a butterbeer with all this wizardry going on. Gosh, look out of that window. The northern lights. Oh, they're really bright tonight. They sure are. That's the dishwasher. Look how they pump. Up, down. Up, down. Uh, oh, wait, that's the stoplight flashing. Look at the deep freeze there in the dark. What about? You see it? Light, Paul. Light. It's a, a stoplight. I see it, Norm. It's right in step with the northern lights. And the same color. Red, red. Blue, blue. Up, down. He stutters. Coming. I think he's looking at a Christmas tree. Our little friend Isabella was singing to you. Now, what do you... Paul, listen. I don't... Listen. Whoop, 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 I'm getting up style. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Man, I was thirsty. Stayed there in the laboratory for a long time, listening to the voice of a thing in a box, endlessly repeating A-E-I-O-U, the vowel sounds of our speech, and watching the light that pulsed up from the deep freeze in perfect rhythm with the flickering of the northern lights we watched through the window. And we thought long, long thoughts that I, I don't remember any too clearly now. But they had something to do with the B-52s, I think. In fact, our little mechanism, our time machine. Our machine that brought back a little cold brown and black caterpillar from somewhere. Santa's workshop. I know him. And when it was morning, and the lights had faded from the northern skies, we found that our machine was very different. The stage where we found the caterpillar was larger now. I had only a vague recollection of what had happened in the night. I said to Norm, Norman, I said, what did we do last night? I don't know for sure, Paul. But someone painted my nails. Rebuild that thing? Make it larger? I don't know. I, it seems, well, I, I mean, I think I dreamed I was working on it. I think I hit my finger with a hammer. I see. Hmm. Thumb's all bruised. Looks it. Nice fingernail polish, by the way. Nobody could have gotten in here. The door's locked. The machine's certainly different. This coil, I think. Look, it's rewound it. Be kind, rewind. Can you do that? My head hurts. Mine, too. Oh, I don't get it. I don't either. I wish I could. Listen, Norm. What? Maybe we did change it. But I... Well, how could we have done all that by ourselves? I sense a super caterpillar. Yeah, that cat must be an OT-8. Maybe Isabella helped us. A caterpillar? Oh, let's see, shall we? 
Open the deep freeze. Grab me a fudge sickle. Well, I opened it. It was empty. There wasn't any brown and black caterpillar in the deep freeze. We took a flashlight and looked over every inch of it. We stood there and looked at each other. Norm kept blaming me for eating all the fudge sickles. Foreman said, well, I just shook my head. We went over and sat down. All of a sudden, I said, I found her, Norman. And there she was. There was little Isabella the caterpillar crumpled up stone dead on the floor of the laboratory. Little maracas right beside her little body. You know, caterpillars have little tiny paws. And one of Isabella's paws was the end of a long piece of wire that ran up to the generator coil. How did she get out? She was an OT-8. They can do anything. I said it was fastened down tight when I took the lid off just now. But she did get out. Maybe. Maybe she did help us, Norm, I said. And he just sat there and stared at me. And I got up and put on my overcoat. Where are you going? Where are you going, Paul? I said, I'm going to find out something, Norm. Where I'm going, it's cold, I said. I know that, and I'm going to find out what's been going on and where that caterpillar came from. Norm goggled at me. He thought I needed the goggles. Stepped on the stage of the machine was to take me away somewhere in time and space. I said, Norm, turn it on. Turn it on, turn it on again. Finally, he reached over and touched the switch. He didn't say a word. And I braced myself. He braced himself because he couldn't afford an orthodontist. Go ahead, I said. And he pressed the switch. And nothing happened at all. Nothing. Why? I know, Paul, I know. Because it's all made up. And there aren't any northern lights. Just southern lights. Well, it was just as well. I had a chance to think about it a little, and I realized that just an overcoat wouldn't do me any good where I might be. I also needed insulated underwear. So and maybe a soogan. Northern lights were flickering and dancing in the sky. I put on a high-altitude aviator suit that had its own source of heat supply. Flatulence. Huh? Norman shook his head as I got back on the stage. Nodded for him to press the switch. been cold, friend. Dark. You wouldn't know how dark it can get. Well, someone's presumptuous. And I was standing on an immense plain that stretched so far, so far into the distance, a plain of snow and eternal ice. A dead, cold, white world with the blackest sky above me. And the northern lights reach from horizon to horizon. Sounds like yes, Larry. Even through the high altitude. Total prog rock stuff. Fighting cold. And I was afraid, shivering, abjectly afraid. The streamers of the northern lights reached down toward me and wrapped about me. <laughs> they wrapped about the him. Voices into my mind. I, I could understand them. I wished hardly I'd never played around with cosmic forces. But now it sounds like Pink Floyd. I yelled inside the heavy helmet. I yelled, Norman! Norman, bring me back! Norm! And there was nobody to hear me. No, I don't know where I was. Another planet... Maybe the North Pole. Santa! Maybe the lights were all around me. Maybe that's where it was, but... It was the most terrible, awful, cold, lonely place you could imagine in a hundred years. The lights 
The flickering, living lights crawled over me and beat at me. I could almost understand what they were saying. And then, the crash. The sudden blackness. I was standing again in the laboratory. I'd left only a few short seconds ago, and Norman was tearing at the fastenings of my suit and beating at me with both hands. I wondered what in the world he was doing until I got the helmet off. He was rushing caterpillars off me. Thousands of cold, freezing cold, brown and black Isabella caterpillars. And they were singing Nickelback. I was in bed for a week or more. I don't know how long. Wherever it was I'd been, I'd nearly frozen to death in those short seconds. And at last, I was able to come back to the laboratory. I sat there that night with Norman. And outside the windows, the northern lights were brighter than they'd ever been before. Purple, green, yellow, black lights even. So I put on Led Zeppelin 4. And there was a new rhythm tonight. Oh, they gotta get that dishwasher looked at. Almost words. Thoughts. Not quite formed, yet curiously disturbing. Norman, though, didn't seem to be as disturbed as I was. He just sat quietly. I looked at me. Creepy, yet longingly. Where did those caterpillars come from, Paul? I don't know. Where I was, that's all I know. Did you... Did they attack you, or... I don't know. They came from the lights. The lights? The northern lights. Where are they, Norman? The caterpillars? Yes. Where are they? In the deep freeze. Where Isabella was. Eating the fudge sickles. Poor Isabella. What's the matter with you, Paul? I'm listening. Listening to what? Caterpillar's greatest hits on Ronco Records. Well, don't you mm-hmm. hear them? Mm-hmm. I don't hear anything. Mm-hmm. Don't you? I don't hear anything. Well, listen. And sometimes why? Listen. I don't hear anything. Turn on the recording machine. I want to see if we could pick up their voices. There isn't anything. Turn it on. Snap Turn out of it, it man. Quick. Quick, Norman, they're talking to us. Hey, pretty lady. Listen, friend. I want to play you another recording. This one's from the Broadway play Cats. Out of our tape recorder that night when I was listening to the voices. And Norman couldn't hear anything. Just listen. I still don't hear anything, Paul. Be still, listen. Listen, you'll hear him singing, Hey, Rum Tum Tugger. What's that? Look at the deep trees. The top's coming open. Look at the light around it, Paul. Be quiet. Watch. How did they... Good Lord, look. The caterpillars are coming out, Paul. Look at them. There's millions of them. And they're carrying tiny machetes. Oh, your voice. Be still, I said. What's the matter with your voice? We want to talk to you. You what? About him, way. You said We. Why, of course, Norman. We. Who for the... It is Paul's voice, Norman. Paul's voice. Voice. But it is not Paul speaking. Listen. It's Kelly Ripper. We speak to you. Paul! Ringo! John! George! We, the people of the lights. We from the cold. We are speaking to you with Paul's voice. We are ventriloquists. Paul's voice will tell you what to do when the time comes, Norman. We go to the machine now. Paul's mind is ours for a little time now. On a stick. We go to the machine. 
The machine that brought us to your world from the world of the lights. Uh, that's the dishwasher. The people of the lights to take over this world of yours. Only this world of yours is so hot, we must have the cold world. And we know how to make it cold. By playing Nickelback. Paul! So, so hot. No, no. Quick, Norman. Turn on the machine. Send us to places in your world. No, our world. Hurry. So hot. Hurry. So hot. Paul. Hurry. Hurry. Turn on the machine. The dishwasher. That's the end of the recording. Finally. No, I don't know. I don't have any recollection of it at all. But the recording's there, isn't it? That must be what happened. I saw it on Facebook. Anyway, when I woke up, Norman was gone, and there were no caterpillars in the place here. Just a bunch of butterflies. And our machine. Our machine that took people and things away into time and space was wrecked. What became of them? I don't know what became of them. Oh, you heard what they said about my voice. They're going to take over this world and make it a cold world, like the one they came from. Whatever that is. And wherever they went. Jersey? No, I don't know where they went, where the machine sent them. I do have ideas. You do? Yes. Good. Are you cold? It's freezing in here. Sounds like my wife. And just for example, uh, you read the papers? Look at the newsreels. Did you see the pictures of the snow in Los Angeles? In Los Angeles. Tropical Los Angeles, where it hasn't snowed for so many. Uh, that many wasn't years. snow, sir. I saw it on cops. Welcome to the 1980s. I wonder if anybody saw any brown and black woolly bear caterpillars in Los Angeles. Angeles. Love of the tiger moth I see, Isabella. Northern Light. It was written and directed by Willis Cooper. What you talking about, Willis? The man who spoke Cooper. to you was Ernest Chappell. And my laboratory assistant, Norman, was played by Dan Sutter. The voices of Isabella and her friends was that of Cecil Roy. As usual, music for Quiet Please is played by Albert Berman. His new EP drops next Tuesday. Wisecracks Radio Hour is written and produced by Aaron Lindsay and Sean Rourke. Dr. Charlie is played by Aaron Lindsay. Dr. Wagner is played by Sean Rourke. Mr. Brumbles is played by Craig Underhill. And I'm your announcer, Lori Lindsay. Please connect with us on social media. Our Twitter handle and Facebook ID is Wisecracks Radio. Our website is wisecracksradio.com. Thanks for listening and tune in next week for another exciting episode. Please review us wherever you find your podcasts.
Yeah, that cat must be an 088. Darn it. 